Yeah. I think we should try doing the pod shirtless. I think that'll add a flair to it. That uh, Naked podcasts. Sign yeah. me up. Shirtless? I'll take my shirt off right now. Pull a Burt Kreischer. <laughs> Topless pod. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wait till we get a, till we get video going. Until we well. get in the studio. Is this your first appearance now on the pod? This is my first um, podcast yes. ever. Hey, back off, big man. I may work with the chicks, but not with me. Just when I thought I was out, they brought me back in. What? We've got here is failure to communicate. She doesn't even go here. Some crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight from across the world wide web. We have a guy who postponed this podcast a whole day because he wanted to watch two schools he didn't go to play each other in a, in a football <laughs> game. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Mackey. What's up, Sean? Yo, what's up? That's me. I'm a sports guy. <laughs> Certified sports guy. Just ultimate sports guy. Yeah, it was, a good, it was a good first half of the game, but yeah, kind of uh, dragged the second half. Our other uh, co-host also joining us tonight actually predicted the outcome of the game and long before it actually started he should have should have put some money down ladies and gentlemen master uh future seer master profit master sports profit rudy rudolph rudy welcome back <laughs> to the show thanks dog yeah what were the odds on that game i think you would probably lose money if you bet on alabama to win you're probably right but uh, i don't know i don't know how betting works so I don't know how it works either. There's an over. There's an under. As much as Sean is a sports guy, I am not a gambling guy, so I have no no concept. No, I have that. I have no idea how all that those odds work. Be honest, Sean. No you idea. had you had Buku bucks on that game. Big <laughs> big boy stacks. I, I had zero zero uh, dinero. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Also joining us. That's right, folks. We have a guest. Our first guest of 2020. No, 2021. <laughs> Sorry, I still haven't Atta gotten boy. to the swing of it. Our first guest <laughs> of 2021 we have with us, the Sultan of Sales, the King of Cutting Deals, the Gandhi of Getting It Done. It may be his first time <laughs> dipping a toe in the content game, but he makes damn good biscuits, boy. <laughs> He's got the coonskin cap on, ladies and gentlemen, my cousin. Noah Smith. Noah, welcome to Loose Concept. How's it going? Good. How's it going, boys? I appreciate you having me, and I uh, appreciate you ringing in the, the new year with me and making my my podcast <laughs> debut. Hopefully yeah. this goes smoothly. And I just want to lead it off by maybe parlaying for uh, Jeremiah Johnson Foods brand, as okay. Elijah mentioned. <laughs> several calls to uh, Jeremiah Johnson cooking throughout the movie, uh, damn Dirty. good biscuits, <laughs> and the list goes on and on, so... Keep that in mind throughout the recording of this podcast. Coming out the gate hot. <laughs> Thanks again, boy. Sorry for the, the the early takes, but guy guy comes on our show and he's already doing ad reads. What the heck? <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson food brands. Keep that in mind. It's right, an impeccable copy. You're way ahead of us. We haven't had any ad reads yet, but uh, that was our first one. So not only are you fir- our first guest of 2021, you're also the first ad read. Like you said, I'm always doing deals and trying to make business happen. So let's make some money, boys. You gotta respect it. As I said, he's he's got a coonskin cap on. The listeners can't see that. This is an audio only platform, unfortunately. But if you would, if you were here, you could see Noah's commitment to the game. This guy, 
We haven't had any guests dress up yet, have we? Hard, impossible I to tell. I don't remember that happening. This is the first first costumed guest, so uh, basically the Christian Bale of 2021. So <laughs> he lost 70 pounds for the machinist. I put on a coonskin cap, so we're one and the same brothers <laughs> brothers of thespianism. <laughs> Man, we're That's on great. fire here tonight. This is great. We're we're really cooking with gas. Um, we're going to start it off with a, a segment we've had on a couple episodes. Noah, as he told me before we started recording, I've only listened to three episodes of the program. So you, maybe, oh you may not be familiar with this segment, segment but uh, we're going to lead off with a little damage control. Oh, great. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that now. Have you heard of damage control? No. I'm not aware. This is basically where we uh, acknowledge past mistakes and uh, try and atone for them by uh, just apologizing profusely. But then usually usually we end up just being like, you know what, it wasn't really a mistake. It was everything's fine and not taking any blame for anything at all. But uh, And actually, I'm not trying to steal the show here or take too much thunder, but I do have (laughs) something to contribute to that from one of the three podcasts I listened to. So you guys can go. I'm not trying to pick nits either, but you guys can go around and then come back to me in the end and we'll, see if, we'll uh, start we'll start with last episodes rudy i know you said you had a few uh what do you what would you like to clarify for the well, listeners I, I have kind of one extremely gigantic one which is we're a movie podcast right no um we are <laughs> in name only part of being a movie podcast i think it's really important to remember what time you are delivering movie news um a lot of the movies we've recorded we've done uh, have been older movies from 20 30 50 years ago <laughs> but this movie that we just did wonder woman uh it came out just a couple weeks ago and i one thing we that was missing from our episode was uh, any kind of spoiler alert or you know, content <laughs> warning coming and we just let a rip on a bunch of spoilers uh <laughs> including oh yeah the fact that the cheetah's in this movie <laughs> well uh if you haven't listened to if you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, consider this a, a spoiler alert for last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> After Rudy just says all the spoilers again. <laughs> so, yeah, just kind of a minor major mistake there. We'll have to keep um, that in mind for future future listen, uh, so future episodes. I also, uh, just to go back to minor, uh, I called the, what's that guy's name, Reggie, who's going to be the new James Bond? Yeah, Reggie Jean something or whatever. That came out? No, he's just like he's been shooting up the gambling charts. Oh, yeah. Um, I called his little accent over his uh, the I think it's the G in his name. Yeah. Umlaut. Yeah. It's not an umlaut. No, it's an accent. It's an acute accent mark. I googled <laughs> it. So. I was gonna call you call you out on that on the spot, but I, you know, I'm a gracious gracious man. Got a boy. Thanks. And I'm only gracious in hopes that other people will be gracious with me and my damage control for this week. I accidentally forgot to. Uh, mute the tracks that the uh, Pony Express um, yes. cu- sound cues were on and some some random sleigh bells and and uh, hoof beats and neighing just dropped in the middle of the uh, the middle of the podcast so that was less than ideal but uh hey you know you know what we make it we made it work so the ambiance who's gonna who's gonna turn down a little yeah who's gonna turn down a little uh little sleigh bells after the holidays just to remind you of all the good holiday times you just had not right? me right all right. Well, when I heard it on the listen, I was like, 
oh sweet mailbag's coming up and then <laughs> we just continued to talk about whatever we were talking about i was like that was weird it just never came <laughs> never came what do you have noah okay so i believe this aired on the knives out podcast you guys are doing a trailer review, and you reviewed the News of the World trailer starring Tom Hanks. Wow, what a callback. You guys have a little discussion on Tom Hanks's previous roles and if he'd ever played a cowboy. What was overlooked is that Tom Hanks portrayed a cowboy in three of his biggest films. I'm sorry, four. Toy Story 1, <laughs> Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, and Toy Story 4. The, okay. the Disney and Pixar okay. disrespect. I, just, I had to bring that up. We're sorry. <laughs> wow. That's valid valid point. I mean valid point. You could also say it's not a real cowboy. It's just <laughs> a computer generated image image of a toy. But uh hey, you know, that's valid. We'll accept that. It's one of those tomato tomato things, I guess. I, I suppose so. I suppose so. It just is up to the individual how they uh <laughs> define cowboy versus not a cowboy. Anyway, that's damage control. Our apologies, listeners, for uh, running a very loose operation. But then again, the podcast is called Loose Concept. It's not called Tight and uh, Totally Correct Concept, right? <laughs> Love that. We get the uh, the loose the loose details correct, you know. So, anyway, let's uh, let's move into the movie news segment. Came out this week, just recently, a few days ago. Netflix is launching a similar move to what we talked about with, um, what was it, Paramount Network was also doing this? They're trying to do a movie a week every single week of 2021. Yeah. Brand new movie. Crazy. Well, I guess I'm just, to keep the, the buzz alive, I feel like, no, I, th- I think if they say, that, say they're going to do it, they're going to do it. I just, I think what's going to possibly happen is, I, I'm I'm discounting the hype. I'm saying that, you know they're going to come up with a movie each week, but I think a lot of times the movie's going to be trash. Mm. Yeah, and it dis disincentivizes people from trying the next one. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good point. Until there's a a lot of good buzz about maybe maybe they really only have like five good movies this year, but they come out with fifty two, yeah. and I think it might make people even question why do they have their Netflix subscription? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a little bit where it's like oh, you know. I'm paying but all the this same money, time, you're, you're promising me good content, and one one week it's a kids movie, and it doesn't even I don't know. At the same time, Sean, have you ever me. heard the study about the art teacher who was teaching the photography class, who split the class into two groups, and one group it was the quality group, and the other group it was the quantity group, and the quality group was tasked with just per, per, you know creating one perfect photograph while the quantity group was tasked with taking as many photographs as they could possibly take rudy loves this story i think i heard rudy tell this story like 17 (laughs) times you know who created the best photograph quantity group so maybe netflix is pumping out quantity group though didn't have months of bad press (laughs) Ooh, ooh, got him well, Adam Sandler must be taking know. a page out of the Quantity Group because he puts out a new movie every three months, and I think they keep getting worse and worse as they go on. <laughs> that boy is all. <laughs> Gems was good. I liked Uncut Gems. I don't know if I liked Uncut Gems. It was interesting to look at. You appreciate it. You appreciate Uncut yeah. Gems. I don't know if anybody exactly. actually liked it. 
Uh, so here's what I thought we'd do. There's a whole list of, uh, of Netflix movies here. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the names oh, of the titles and you just have to tell me if you're in or out on just the name. Okay. Rapid fire. Number one, army of the dead in or out. Out. In. In a hundred percent. Okay. I think I'm out on army of the dead. Awake. Are we going through all 52? Oh, we're going through all 52, baby. Buckle in. Awake. Oh gosh. What? Awake. That's the name of the, the next in. one. In. Out. In. Okay. Kate. Out. 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 I think we're all out on Kate. Outside I think the this wire. Is not going to be good content. <laughs> These are just the action, guys. We still have to get through uh, horror, thriller, <laughs> sci-fi, romance, drama, western, yeah. comedy, for the whole family, oh and musical. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right, fine. We won't go through all of them. You're right. That's bad content. It's just so many. I just want to pick it. Just want to highlight a few few random names out of here. Let's do that. Yeah, Um, uh, highlight some random names. Let's do that. Let's take a selection. How how are we feeling about the drama film Penguin Bloom? Out. I should have. I should. You know what I should have done is I should have made up a game where we say, "Is this a real movie or not?" Uh-huh. I could have made up some some fake ones to throw in here. Penguin Bloom is a real movie that Netflix is going to be putting out, supposedly in the drama category. Sean, I don't know. This kind of sounds like something you'd be into. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it just sounds like the name of a movie that you would tell me to watch, like. 17 penguin times. Bloom? Yeah, I'm going to supersede Rudy. Ever since March of the Penguins came out, any penguin content, I've been in on 100%. So <laughs> All in on the penguin. You got me. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> this is a, probably a drama film about penguins, two penguins, and they're, they have a flower garden. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could be in for that. I don't know. Um, how about this is Noah's a... selling it hard. <laughs> Always. <laughs> this next one is built under For the Whole Family. <laughs> Finding Ohana. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm in on that. In. There's gonna be some hula, you know, some hula dancing, some love Hawaii volcanoes. Hawaii. Yeah, it sounds like a, I don't know, documentary directed by Guy Pierce. So I'm in. <laughs> Ohana means family. Um, how about this one? This is a comedy. It's called I Care a Lot. <laughs> oh boy. I'm really Sounds like awful. I'm really kicking myself at not coming up with some some fake ones to throw in here. These yeah. are all real. I'm out on this. I care a lot. Yeah, I think I'm out on. Yeah, I care a, a lot pass. too. Generally, I feel like you can't have a sentence be your title. Yeah, generally caring about anything is just setting yourself up for failure, in my experience. That's why this podcast is so successful. I think kissing booth three needs to be highlighted. Was there a kissing booth one and two? <laughs> Under the romance you category, kiss in booth one and two. <laughs> Sorry, get off the pod. That's it. I'm embarrassed. We only allow fans of the Kissing Booth franchise on this, <laughs> this show, this program. Anyway, that's enough of that. We'll see if they pull it off. This is a lot of a lot of movies they got here. Yeah, this is a big chance for Netflix to stake their claim against all these other streaming services that are taking away their thunder. We'll see if they can bring it back to the original 2010 days where it was Netflix or nothing. Yeah. Has Netflix has like, I guess you guys sort of touched on it earlier, but like, when do you think then what it's going to take for Netflix to reach the point where a Netflix movie is the equivalent of like a blockbuster, like tentpole movie theater, you know, like that level of a movie. Will it ever get there? Yeah, I think it will because like they have the money, like as long as the money's there, 
and you know because because can't netflix go and say like oh um you know martin scorsese can you do this film for us and then martin scorsese goes out and gets you know leonardo dicaprio and you know scarlett johansson and puts a movie together like that could happen right so if just they just they just need to get them the right chess pieces in order yeah it just hasn't happened yet so you think it's gonna get to that point though i don't I know i do yeah i think it will i'm skeptical what do you think stands in the way of them doing that I guess maybe it goes back to our discussion of like the theater versus home viewing. And I don't know if anything you watch that's not in a theater will ever seem as big as something you do watch in a theater, which is a point in your guys' favor because I've been mm. firmly on the the home theater side of the spectrum. But now, now I'm just starting to reconsider because of that point. No, I agree. I thought when Triple Frontier came out, what, 18 months ago to a year ago, yeah. it had a all-star cast and it was going to be that blockbuster movie that you mentioned. And... I mean, in my my poor opinion, I thought it was a stinker. Yeah. But I also think they live with <laughs> Roddy Piper was a good movie, so yeah, like not the most credible source. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what movie did you say? They live with Rowdy Roddy Piper. I can't can't say it's a cheesy. That. It's actually no a, it's actually a John Carpenter, I believe. It's a cheesy '80s action movie. Uh, okay, they worth the watch. There you go, everyone. A little corn stream they recommendation live. right there. They live. I'm pretty sure Rowdy Roddy Piper was in that movie Knuckle. Remember that uh, that documentary Knuckle yeah. about the gypsies that would fight each other? <laughs> the, the boxing gypsies movie. Oh yeah, that was a good. I dog. could be wrong. I could be wrong. <clears throat> Sean, you have no takes on the uh, on the this question. I think they'll have one come up that I, I think, like I was saying earlier, I think they've kind of lost trust with some viewers where i'm almost more excited when like an old movie that i've either you know like the town or something like that that's a a known um you know quality movie for me that's like oh i can watch this on netflix anytime like a rewatchable type movie um and i almost don't trust a lot of the netflix movies until i hear buzz that oh this is one that you should try out because there's just so many of them that kind of terrible content so yeah until they come out with a couple that maybe are in an upper echelon of wider um acclaim i'm just kind of out on that you know that they're gonna have one be like a you know no time uh to die like a james bond dune type launch where everyone is is watching at the moment it it comes out or hits the streaming service i think they've been like swinging for it you know like like noah mentioned triple frontier that extraction movie with Mm -hmm. chris hemsworth was one i think uh six underground with ryan reynolds like it seems like they're they're like (laughs) i know (laughs) that's i think how most people think of six underground but i think they're like swinging for it and they're trying to get one that's like that and i guess yeah you're probably right it's just a matter of time but I think yeah. I watched three minutes of Six Underground until Dave Franco gets like decapitated. I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I thought the same thing. This. I was like, what, did a three-year-old direct this movie? <laughs> it's just like fast cars and bright lights. No, it was Michael Bay. Kind of the same thing. <laughs> so I just, I think I exited out, but it still counted as a view for Netflix's <laughs> metrics. Well, no, because there was, going back to that article, that Variety article with all the, the movies coming up from Netflix. There was a chart on that and it says uh it gives some numbers for these Netflix movies that uh 
that people watched and like what the numbers are. The the first chart they have here fake is numbers. Well, I don't know if they're fake or not, but the first chart <laughs> they have here is watched at least two minutes of film of the film. And the first three movies are Extraction, Spencer Confidential, and Six Underground. The second chart they have is watched is seventy percent of the film completed. And the top three are Bird Box, Murder Mystery, and Triple Frontier. You know what's not on the seventy percent of the film completed chart? <laughs> Six Underground. So it looks like most people only got to about. A little bit over two minutes of uh, that one and then gave up on it. <laughs> and we're like, I'm done. And I know I gave the yeah. Adam Sandler diss earlier, but Murder Mystery was actually not bad. I oh, mean, yeah, that was good. I, I did quite That laid the that. groundwork for, uh, for what's it called? <laughs> Knives Out. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I Yeah, going back to that, I just think it's an interesting interesting question of when they're going to... I guess it's a matter of, of uh, when, not if that they get to that point but so far it hasn't felt like it they've gotten into like the uh the oscar discussion you know they had that uh the five bloods movie i think that nomadland movie is another one that a lot of people are talking about for some awards buzz so they've gotten into that uh topic that Mm -hmm. zone but not yeah i guess it's like in half the months if i have something that is a known quality move not actually you know known because it'll be a new movie but just i can trust that i'm gonna watch sit down and i can expect this is gonna be a good movie i think then that's the 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 recipe for success with netflix because you know six times a year you know that's not that's not too difficult i mean 52 movies that's very difficult to make all of those movies be pretty good quality yeah um that's why everyone has top 10 lists for like best movies of the year. Um, so they can have six movies be in different genres and, and be pretty, pretty good content. Then um, I just, I, I feel like I would be, would be uh, more satisfied with my Netflix subscription than 52 movies and, and, and 50 of them are, are complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. That's all we can say. We'll see if they get to that point or not. Anyway, that's, that does it for movie news. I think it's the time of the show where we uh, we get to the feature film of the week, boys. It's about that time. Everybody's it's primed. Time. We're all loose. This week, we're going to be breaking down the classic, the iconic... Jeremiah Johnson. The first thing the Crow Indians learned about Jeremiah Johnson was his name. They learned what he was called. Then they learned what he was. They couldn't kill him, so they made him a legend. Robert Redford. <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson. Rated PG. Cue the yep. Jeremiah Johnson themes on. Isn't it funny how whenever you ask someone to cue the intro, they slow down really quick? Like, they slow down and get deep, like at least I do. Noah does, and Sean does. I tried to do my best big movie guy voice. I don't know how that went over. Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson. In a world. Johnson. Johnson. (laughs) Rudy, I was waiting for you to sing the song. Jeremiah Johnson. (laughs) Went into the mountains. <laughs> pretty much any time. That's actually pretty good. Pretty much any time is brought up, Rudy starts singing the song. That sounds very close. Like I, I gave you kudos. I have That's something actually to very admit. Good. I've never seen this movie before. Same. 
Did you Man, watch it to really? prep? Yes. Oh, okay. No, we 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 uh, that was something we learned very early on in the process of the no, podcast. Before this viewing, I've never wow. seen. It. Wow. Can we get um first quick reactions before uh, we dive in? Sure. Why not? I like that. Sean, what's what's the what's the thoughts on the first take? This was also my first time watching. I'd seen little bits and pieces of it on TV, but I never sat down for a full watch through before this. The the quote is Jeremiah Johnson is what happens in Alone in the Wilderness documentary between the takes of Dick Pernicky building his house. His cabin. <laughs> <laughs> not not terrible. These are That's... the deleted scenes. <laughs> Okay, I can, I can dig with that. What about you, Elijah? Good vibes. I thought it was good. I enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. And I mean, pretty much any movie with a, a guy being like a real manly man out in the out in the wilderness, just like hunting and uh, building cabins and stuff. <laughs> like I'm down for. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. We'll get into it in the ad a scene, but I wanted like 20 more minutes of cabin building content. Yes, <laughs> preach. Oh yeah. I don't want to over romanticize it, but just the. The whole concept of striking out on your own and doing something challenging and going into the woods should kind of pull at every man's heartstrings and for sure get that deep set feeling of something more. For sure, a gun in his horse got me all primed to just disappear someday. Someday mm-hmm. you guys will be getting ready to record the podcast and you'll be like, "Where's Elijah?" And everyone will be like, "No one knows. He's gone. Yeah, he died out in the wilderness." That'll, that'll he be the he, end of this he podcast. Could be Jeremiah Johnson. Set out to get a hawking gun. <laughs> That's right. All right, well, let's kick it off with best. We're already halfway there. We'll start. We'll let uh, Noah start as our guest, our esteemed guest. Noah, what's the best part of the movie? So I could go on and on for probably 45 minutes on the best. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it a bridge for you guys. But right off the bat, Robert Redford's hair. Mm. Just impeccable mm. throughout the entire movie. Ooh, love it. Number two. Windswept, blonde. Every shot is a different hat or hairstyle or... <laughs> I don't mean to crush on Jeremiah Johnson too much, but it's just every scene is incredible. How can you not? How can you not? Another thing I really love about the movie is the sound of the wind and the crunch of the snow that you hear. Yeah. You can almost mm. feel the wind cutting through you on those cold January days. Love it. <laughs> and, then, and then my favorite line of the movie, just to finish off my best, is when uh, Bear Claw Chris Lapp says, I've been hearing you for 20 days and smelling you for three. <laughs> <laughs> gets me rolling every single time I hear that line. So good. So that's so my good. best. I love it. Rudy? Yeah, thank you for going to me, Elijah, because I transitioned perfectly. My best is Bear Claw. <laughs> <laughs> he is just such a legend. His sayings, as Noah said. He's great. You know, <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson almost catches himself on fire, and he goes, oh, yeah, he didn't put enough dirt down. Saw it right <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh it's just great and his like outfits are just top notch his wisdom of the mountains it's just like uh he's just awesome i love it i love it yeah he's fantastic sean my best i would say just the western vibes uh Noah, you said sort of the self-sustaining um mantra of the movie loved all of the scenery and cinematography of just the long shots of the surrounding mountains um, and really the change in landscape. You know, I think it was good to do those long shots so you could really, you know, take in. And like Noah said, you really feel like you're right there with yeah. uh, Robert Redford. So mine sort of ties into that and ties into what Noah said as well. For me, the best part was 
the minimalism of the movie. The soundtrack is great. I love the, just like some sparse acoustic picking every now and then, but the the lack of soundtrack in certain parts is what really like puts it across as like good. Like it just gives you the like it feels very sparse and minimal. It's just like here's the guy. He's out there in the woods. This is it. It's like you're saying you can hear the crunch of the snow, the rustle of the leaves. It's great. You know, there's not, there's, it's not too much. And he did, I didn't really even like think of this until the scene towards the end where he's fighting with that one Indian and like the, the, by the Creek with like, there's like a bunch of dead plant, dead trees and stuff. Okay. The first interaction. Yeah. And I didn't notice it until after that fight was over. I was like, wow, there was no music during that entire, entire Mm. fight, you know? But it's like the way it's shot and acted and stuff is so engaging that you're you don't really notice the lack of music. Whereas I think in now in a lot of popular movies now you get to an action scene they got that going in the background and it like hypes you up. But this was just like I don't know pure minimalistic artistry, not forcing any dialogue. Yeah, exactly. If I can remember correctly, too, the montage of him fighting the Indians at the end. Isn't that like, it's not like a, I wouldn't say it's like dramatic music either. It's kind of no. like mellow. Yeah, it's like right? I was saying, it's just, it's literally just a guy picking on an acoustic guitar, just like super yeah. bare bones. Just ripping off some licks. That's, that's right. Some <laughs> old school campfire licks. So with that Word. though, let's transition into the worsts. And I know this may be hard for Noah and Rudy here to uh, say something bad about one of their favorites, but um, mm. I'll lead off. I think it needs some subtitles. There are some scenes with the Indians where he's talking to the Indians, and I think you're supposed to infer what he's saying to the <laughs> yes. Indians, but it's yes. like really hard to. I don't know. I wasn't inferring it, so maybe Dude, I'm maybe so, I'm just dumb. Point. No, I thought I thought the guy Del Q. I thought his name was Del Q. Like a Q <laughs> for like the longest time. Yeah, so maybe if I maybe if I had turned subtitles on while I was watching, I don't know. I I go back and forth, but I on subtitles as a whole. But for this movie, just like maybe just the scenes where he's talking to the Indians, or where that the Delgu is talking to that that one Indian in French, like there's just a couple parts mm-hmm. where you're just I feel like some some of the story is missed, you know. I almost enjoy the lack of subtitles though when he's talking to the natives because you almost have to use your other senses and listen to the the sound of the pitches and the voices rising and lowering to get the feeling for what's actually going on. And you have to infer for yourself and almost put yourself in a situation to kind of feel that pressure and the tensity of those situations. That's a good point. Yeah. I, so I, I think see both sides. There's a, there's a case earlier on to be made that, you know, it's like, you're supposed to be in his shoes. Like he's the protagonist. So you, when he doesn't understand the Indians, you don't understand them. But I think later on, like when he's talking to his wife or whatever, maybe then they could have just started using them. I don't know. So Sean, what do you have for the worst part? I had a similar worst. Um, I just said the lack of dialogue. Um, I, I feel like through most of the, of the movie and it's just the style of filmmaking um, they really just want to infer, you know, through just, you know, uh, Jeremiah Johnson's mannerisms and the way he's, you know, maybe has a lack of, of, of talking, just kind of his every word is, is very precious, it seems to him. Um, but me being kind of a, 
uh, uh, a dialogue fan. Um, yeah. I really wanted some more interaction, especially with his his family. I know his um, adopted son was um, mute, but you really don't see a lot of of interaction between them where they can all talk um, because he kind of adopts his his wife's language. So maybe putting in subtitles would help, but there's like maybe a 45 minute section in the middle of the movie where he's not really interacting with any English speaking people and they don't have any subtitles. So you just can get a little <laughs> lost in that yeah. Um, yeah. of what the plot is and where we're going. And he even infers when the, um, I guess government uh, people uh, come upon his cabin and he sort of is astonished that they're speaking English because he honestly sort of forgets English. Um, yeah. Not anything to do that it has to be English, but just you kind of lose what, you know, that you're watching a movie, honestly. You're like, oh, is this, you know, just a, you know, for sure, more of a documentary type. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> this might sound a little harsh, but to me, the worst part was the psycho lady. Uh, she was just like, you know, I understand she's distressed and everything, but come on, man. She was just really like totally out there, like totally lost all ability to like communicate to anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of like overplayed a little bit, but listen, that's like very minor. That's, you know, it's a minor part, minor role in the overall movie. And I think that, uh, Obviously, the rest of the movie covers. I don't know. Like, if you watched your whole family get like murdered, I feel like you'd be crazy too, right? I would agree. Uh, I'd probably, yeah, I might go be crazy, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be like dressing up their dead bodies, probably. I don't know. Maybe I would. I guess in (laughs) defense, hope to never find out. I I can agree with that. I in defense of that woman being in there, though, I guess she wasn't like a real person that there were actually like stories about. When I I just saw that in the trivia for the um. That came up when I was streaming oh, it on uh, Amazon. Gotcha. Yeah, but that um, happened a lot. I think. Well, yeah, yeah. That's Sean. That's exactly. That's exactly my point. I think that's like it. Just it helps illustrate like how weird and crazy the like frontier was back then. You yeah. know, like is is a weird place. Like with not a lot of people. And then when you finally came across people, like uh, the hatchet guy. What's his name? Hatchet Joe. Hatchet Jack. Hatchet Jack. Hatchet Jack. And then you finally came across <laughs> people. They were just like these really strange, weird people. You know. Sometimes they were good, like um, what's his face, the grizzly guy, Bearclaw. Bearclaw was well. The Hatchet crazy Jack one. was like, what did it say? Something about a, a panther. He was in like, right, a panther. right. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like his his note, even his note was kind of crazy. Like hopefully it ends up with a white man or whatever. Yeah. Like it's just like there's some. It's just like weird people, and so I think that's the benefit of having the lady in there is it sort of further emphasizes that that point. But I can see like how it's not really necessary too. Yeah, that kind of ties directly into my worst. And to be honest with you, I don't have a worst. So I was going to abstain from choosing one because <laughs> it truly allowed. is a complete movie to me. You, I go to bed thinking about it and I wake up the next morning thinking about it. That's how complete of a movie it is. It doesn't say <laughs> too much. Day, you know Not every day, every but day. after I watch it. Every it doesn't say single. too much, <laughs> but it also leaves something to the imagination where you can almost commiserate with Johnson and put himself in your shoes. But the worst for me would be the... I don't want to get too nitpicky, but the racial insensitivity and the hatchet jack note would probably be the only negative part of the movie <laughs> yeah. for me. It's not great, but it probably was accurate for the time. Exactly. Guess, so. It probably is historically accurate, but that would be the only worst scene for me. Yeah. 
Hatchet Jack, not a, not a nice guy. Not a nice guy. Tough life, man. <laughs> Let's keep this train rolling. We gotta keep this train rolling. Let's get into cut a scene, add a scene. Noah, I sent you a text explaining how this works. We'll <laughs> let you let you start us off, though. It's a little complex. You gotta cut a scene out of the movie, add another scene back in, purely with your own imagination. What do you got? Now, if for my cut ad, it's a little bit, it's the same vein of the movie. It's towards the end where uh, Johnson comes back to his cabin where the crazy woman was, and yeah. he sees that effigy, if you will, or that monument that's built towards him. Yeah. I would cut that, but rework it in my ad scene to where he's traveling by a town or he's passing by, okay. and he hears some wild, overblown stories that are told about him, and just sees that he has all this credibility and this fame down in civilization, but just chooses to go back into the mountain where it truly is his home and to bypass that fame and that fortune. I dig that. I dig it. Rudy? I, I hate to belabor the point, but the murdered family scene. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, that's just... Uh, Dude, we get I, I, it. You're I, not down with families being murdered. Yeah, listening to you talk about it, though, Elijah, I feel like it is a good point that, like, you know, that's just what it is. You know, you encounter bears, you encounter Indians that are trying to kill you, and you encounter, you know, families that are settling that are just really having a hard time. So I feel like it just it paints a good picture of what the West was like. I, th- you know, just harsh. Yeah. Um, but I really, you know, I I don't. I've been thinking. About, I was thinking a lot about the Addisine portion. And like Noah was saying, I feel like it's a complete movie. And I, there were parts of me that were thinking like, oh, it'd be nice to have maybe a scene where he goes back into civilization and like can't cope or, you know, he has people write, you know, someone writes him a letter that is, you know, something terrible happened to his family or something and he's out in the middle of nowhere. But I feel like the great part about this movie is that once he leaves civilization, that's it. Like he's in this like, not like a sterilized environment, but he's in this like, you know, c- completely contained wilderness environment that's just like harsh and brutal, but also like beautiful and serene and free, you know? Yeah. And I just love that. So, I, you know, I don't know. I really don't want, I, maybe, maybe him having like a nice family at the end and everybody lives happily <laughs> ever after, but I feel like he almost doesn't want a family again because he doesn't yeah. want he, he really doesn't want the heartache he kind of wants to turn into bear claw one day you know yeah mine goes a little bit off that um my uh kind of scene is his family dying because um, i think you do understand the gravity of just the situation with um that lady's family kind of getting murdered and him being in a position to have to sort of adopt caleb yeah. um but it's just a little bit too much yeah. Uh, yeah. pain to then they finally start connecting um, uh, Jeremiah Johnson and his wife Swan and they're they're kind of you know building this cabin together and, and starting to get along and then for I don't know I just felt like it was a real uh, gut wrenching scene when oh, yeah. he's coming back and then he just burns the whole cabin down mm-hmm. um, and I know every movie doesn't have to be Disney fied. Um, but I just feel like that was a little bit unneeded. Um, and that. then I'm adding more bear claw. Um, <laughs> so I thought he was great. No one's going to say and, no to that. <laughs> well, he was just so, I, I, you can just imagine him being, you know, 
I guess was this in the 1800s. Um, just one of, you know, he was definitely alive at that time in yeah. some form. Um, and I, you know, uh, Elijah, I think you mentioned you wanted more uh, cabin building montages. I wanted more survival training montages with Bearclaw, um, where he, I think there's obviously time that goes by in between scenes, but we don't really see him coming from just being a, a war vet to kind of having the survival skill. So I wanted some more bear claw training him and, and teaching him uh, just survival skills, how to, how to trap. And, um, you know, he gives him little nuggets here and there, but I thought that would be a good, ad. love it. Like a Rocky four type montage survivor in the background. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Carrying an ox yoke. No, but it's like a blue bluegrass version of that song. It's just the acoustic, the acoustic guitar version. Eye of the Grizzly. Eye of the Grizzly. So this is almost a play off of your uh, Addison Cutter scene, Sean. But Jeremiah Johnson actually was a real person and lived a real life. Born in 1824 in New Jersey, lived until Jersey, really New Jersey guy lived until the ni- until the year 1900, and a lot of his history is based off of folk tales and word of mouth stories, almost like John Henry or Johnny Appleseed, one of these folk heroes. But he actually is known by the name liver eating Johnson, liver eating Mm. Johnson. He was no, or this is all speculation, but stories say that he killed 300 crow Indians after they murdered his crow wife and adopted son. And after he murdered these Indians would eat their livers. (laughs) Hmm. Oh my so, word! That's the first part of the the, the prey that the wolf eats. Well, obviously, if you male. if you look at it that way, the movie is very Disneyfied. But <laughs> yeah, it's already Disneyfied. Just to summarize, Jeremiah Johnson was a real person. Del Gu was a real person, and there are some true facts, if you will, loose facts to this movie. Loose facts. So there's a little nug Ooh, for you loose guys. Facts. We love loose love facts. It. Thank you, Noah. Loose facts. That's that's Noah's loose facts segment. <laughs> I uh, so for my cut of scene out of scene, I'm cutting out the wife. I feel like she didn't wow. really add anything. That whole scene was just like wow. And then like you you're sort of like confused like at the end like does she have a red face because they were making out yeah. with this beard? Is that what absolutely? I'm to get? That's the sweet part yeah. of the movie. <laughs> the sweet. I think you can accomplish that same vibe though with just the kid. Like I don't think the wife is really like if they if he like left the kid there to watch the house while he took those guys on the trail and then they came and killed the kid. Like he would be just as angry as if the wife was there and it still provides the same amount of you know initiative for him to go on the the rampage. But I, the wife, it's just like, I don't know. It just seems awkward and like sort of unrealistic that they would, it would all like gel together so perfectly. And I don't know. It just seemed like. Well, it didn't at first. If you saw when they're fighting about the food and he has the fine figure of a man comment. And, <laughs> I guess so. And then it all comes together for me when they're having the uh, field hockey scene. And people may oh, yeah. say that could get cut, but that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie because it shows the love bonding, conquering all and them coming the together. Bonding scene, I guess so. In my yeah. movie, in my movie of the Jer- of Jeremiah Johnson, there's no, there's no <laughs> woman. Swan, <laughs> sorry, Swan, you're out. Uh, but I, I'm only swan. doing that so I can get in my additional twenty scene, twenty minutes of cabin building. 
<laughs> I want to see him, you know, chopping down more logs. I want to see him mixing together some wax, some tar for the cracks in between, you know, sweeping out the dirt floor. I want it all. The whole cabin building process. Make it a montage. Some more bluegrass picking in the background. Love I love it. I'd be. That's that's what I need. Um, Amen. In addition to that, I would also would I'd also be down for more weird people like Del Gyu. <laughs> like Del Del is great, mm-hmm. but I want like even I want a couple more Del Dells in the movie. Maybe like a prospector. Yeah, maybe. He's a there great, you go. I didn't Del like Del Gyu. Yeah, he's kind of like a troublemaker. Like he kind of gets Jeremiah Johnson really into some sticky situations. Oh, definitely. He's a terrible yeah. person, but he's such an interesting yeah, character. A, you I would know? say I'm a Del Gyu fan. So yeah. that's. Another one, wardrobe is absolutely on point with Del oh, yeah. Gyu. I love it. The the tasseled and beaded the, uh, jacket, it's great. Along with the Jeremiah Johnson food line, we can get the Jeremiah Johnson clothing line. <laughs> I mean, the lists are endless. Bernie Pollock killed it in the costume department wow. in this movie. <laughs> Deep cuts. I saw I saw both the costume designer credit pulled up on your screen there, and I was wondering when that was going to get worked in. I, I respect that. Every scene, Johnson's in a new pair of deer pants and a, a hemmed shirt, or mm. it's just perfect. A gigantic fuzzy jacket. And Bernie Pollock and Redford have worked together on several movies, so they have that chemistry, and they brought Dang. it home on Jeremiah Johnson. Came prepared. <laughs> Came Love prepared. It. Except I think it's buckskin pants, Noah, not oh. deer pants. <laughs> I've never hunted a day in my life, and I guess it's apparent. Dude, we get it, Rudy. You're a, hunter, a long-time hunter, hunter guy. You're more of a man than me, okay? <laughs> I said it. All right. Let's keep this manly podcast going. The most manly thing you can do is record a podcast. Everyone knows that. Um, let's get into recast a role. So as we've is sort of become our custom for these older movies. Since we're not as familiar with uh, older actors, it's easier if we just do like a remake. So I, we figured with this one, we'd go back into remake territory. So if you're remaking Jeremiah Johnson, who's who's uh, who's get mm. who's getting the roles, getting a couple of the roles there. Yeah, I felt really good about this one. Um, I had fun. So I was thinking about originally for the for. Jeremiah Johnson, Robert Redford recast. I was thinking of just throwing in a Chris, you know, throwing in a, mm. any of the Chris's, just, you know, another blonde, yeah. muscular, yeah. handsome guy. But I didn't want to go that way because I didn't think that any of the Chris's really have that, like, masculine, manly enough, like, okay. I, I can make it in the woods attitude. So I went with John David Washington. Mm. It'd be a little bit of a, Ooh. you know, an artistic like take. It. I like but I it. think that he's got that attitude where he's kind of pissed off at life, and he could be yeah. kind of like a much more moody, like, you know, I, I'm gonna make it in the woods because I'm gonna freaking bend it to my will, and then have that like <laughs> turn around, like, oh no, I need to go with the woods, you know, I need to like learn, I need to change myself, yeah. I can't change that circumstance. So I feel like he'd be a good Jeremiah Johnson. I dig it. I dig um, that a for lot. For Bear Claw, um, I'm going with Jeff Bridges. I feel like that's kind of, you know obvious right jeff bridges would just make a perfect yeah. crotchety crazy old man yeah a little little tall maybe to be bear club but maybe he could just be like you know starting to turn into a bear i've killed so many bears i'm starting to turn into one you know um, <laughs> and then lastly del Gyu, uh woody harrelson he's a little oh, older but that's very he's good. also crazy you shave his head beautiful Dude, i had beautiful. that same one beautiful out of boy sean there we go sean what did, who else did you have in yours 
Your remake. Yeah, so I had Woody Harrelson as Del Gu. When I first saw Del Gu in the uh, movie, I was like, oh, I'm definitely doing Woody Harrelson here. <laughs> Just has sort of like that sneaky vibe. Yep. Um, then for Bear Claw, I did Brian Cox, who is Logan Roy huh. in Succession for all of you Succession. Oh, watchers. yeah. Interesting. He's crazy. Probably <laughs> um, he would add a lot of great uh, commentary. Yeah, I can um, dig that. And then Jeremiah Johnson. And I'm surprised, Rudy, that you didn't go with this. I thought for a second you could have two of, th- two of th- my three. Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's right there. Yeah. And it, literally yeah. anything with Robert Redford, you can like envision a remake Just with Brad Pitt. They, yeah. look, they have the same chins. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely. I thought that he was like a little old. I yeah. like Jeremiah Johnson's kind of like in his 30s or 40s. He could I, do. But yeah. I think Brad Pitt definitely could have been it. For yeah. Sure. They could like de age him for the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie where Jeremiah Johnson's supposed to look older and more worn down, they could, he could just. You know, yeah, DH, I would have loved that. Yeah. I'd, I'd eat that up for sure. That's that's the obvious one. Yeah, I respect it. So for mine, I know I was I was chuckling to myself when you were saying you didn't want to do a Chris because you couldn't see any of the Chris's in it. I actually have uh, two Chris options. <laughs> I think I think so. I have I have two versions of this movie. One version is just a straight remake. You know, the American Frontier, and we got Chris Pine. I think Chris yep. Pine could do this. I think he. Yep. I think. You look at Heller High Water, Chris Pine, where he's a little, you know, rougher around the edges. He's got the mustache. Like I think that version of Chris Pine yep. could pull it off, and I think he has he has the range to get that done. So that's one I think version. I know where you're going with this now? There's an alternate version where you take the same movie and you shift it all to the Australian outback, and you have Chris Hemsworth oh. playing a Jeremiah Johnson esque figure, only in the Australian outback. In the outback, the setting is different. But the you know man going out into the wilderness to get away from it all and just be by himself is you know that story remains you know intact and I think Chris Hemsworth could pull that off. I like that a lot. So. I like that a lot. The only downside of Chris Hemsworth, and I think this sort of goes back to what you were saying, is there's not quite the same level of like. The, th- the beauty of Jeremiah Johnson is that there's like a, a little bit of like an everyman quality to him and that you can sort of yeah. like project yourself onto it and you can like, oh yeah, I could do it. That could be me, you know? But I don't think Chris Hemsworth really has any everyman quality. He just looks like a Norse god. So <laughs> in the other roles then, these roles could be the same in the American version and the Australian version either way though. <laughs> Um, for Del Gu, I was thinking of doing Jason Momoa, just sort of this wild man, mm. crazy person who's out there that you just sort of like come across. I think Jason Momoa has that sort of vibe on lock. You could see him all like tasseled out and, you know, just like coming across him in the dirt and he's like just a crazy person with a shaved head and he's like yeah, shaved my head. Hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I could really, I think he could do that. And I then, uh. That. For the uh, for Bear Claw, I had to say it, but Nick Cage. <laughs> Give me Nick Cage's crazy Bear Claw. Like, can't you just see Nick Cage running away from the bear and like into the house in that one scene? Absolutely. Like, he could totally do it. So that's I my remake. It. The three main pieces of my remake right there. <laughs> it only took two uh, two episodes to get a Nick Cage appearance in 2021. <laughs> yeah, had to do it. Had to do it. Noah, 
What do you got? Your first 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 shot at being a casting director here. Uh, who are you going to put in your remake? Okay, so my thoughts are a little scattered. Originally, I wasn't going to I was going to choose to not remake the movie wow. because I think we saw how the Magnificent 7 was remade in what 2016 mm. or 2015 and Great just point. ruined the movie. Great I feel point. like remaking these all-time classic movies is a bad decision. So, if I would have been in the movie in 1972 casting, I think I would have cast Christopher Walken as Del Gu. Okay. Give a little bit different kind of vibe, but still very eccentric. Yeah, he could have been more like greasy, sleazy mm-hmm. than like outdoor wild man. Yeah. But hearing your guys' picks, I kind of thought a little bit about it. And if I would choose to remake this movie in 2021, I'm definitely going with Christian Bale as Jeremiah Johnson. Mm, he okay. has that sincerity, but also that vulnerability that yeah. I feel like Robert Redford has where he's very serious and uh, and diligent, but he also you can commiserate with him. And Swan and Caleb die, you see that emotion come out of him. I feel like you can see that out of uh, Christian Bale. For sure. For Del Gu, I would kind of tail end off of Elijah's Hell or High Water reference. I'd use Ben Foster. He kind of yeah. has that gritty, okay. crazy, eccentric vibe. You could see him with a shaved head doing anything he can to stay away from the natives. And then for. Or he could just go hell or high water straight up and do Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Very, Double very true. They, teaming back up. That's also in my top 10, so very true. But then. Ooh, uh, nice. For Bear Claw, I gotta go with Bill Murray. Uh, Ooh. Will Greer. I love that. Will Greer, although he portrays this old mountain man actor in the original Bear Claw, he also has that comedic element to him, which makes you chuckle with the funny sayings I and the witty anecdotes. I feel like Bill Murray could really encompass that character and also bring out all sides of it. That's so. good. I That's a good too. one. Ben Foster, Bill Murray, and Christian Bale would be the three main characters for me. That's a good one. Solid. For sure. Guys, we we could we could really make a a rip roll on the remake. I think here. it'd be good. See, this is how like those remakes get made though. We sit around <laughs> and we're like, listen, what if we had Chris Pratt be you know, Yul Brenner or not or whatever, yeah. Steve McQueen. And none of the Chris's are invited to even attend the screenings of the movies. <laughs> that was a mistake from the jump, casting Chris Pratt as Steve McQueen, and we all said it from the jump that that was a mistake. Magnificent Seven. That was going to be bad. As soon as the news came out about it, you knew it was going to be bad. But yeah. I think we had, it was Denzel who ended up being the old Brenner character, right? Yeah, I think that was. I think he was part of our like college days remake of the Magnificent. Yeah, I Seven. think I think he was. I think that one remained. But the Chris, Chris Pratt was definitely never on the table. The whole premise of the recast a role or re, recast a remake segment is that you are the sole person in charge of the, this remake, and you can make sure that there is no missteps along the way. <laughs> make sure it's done right. So, anyway, let's get into our next segment: miscellaneous questions. Slash thoughts, notes, trivia. Sean, you got anything? I have something, and it's for all those Red Dead Redemption fans out there. Ooh. Is, <laughs> you know, I don't really know the history of the video game, but I was I was just getting so much, um, so many vibes of Red Dead Redemption um, during this movie. I wonder if the creators of that video game franchise are really big fans of Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, 100%. I think they're Definitely. just fans of like 70s Western type movies in general, like yeah. 50s to 70s Western movies. 
Because there's like there's this definitely scene influences. just like the inner shots in between. You know when you when you do a side quest in, in the video game, and um, you know just you know they have some crazy person, and it's um, for sure bear claws. For sure. <laughs> so, anyway, I feel like though like westerns. This it's like this has got such a different vibe because like westerns aren't really like mountain aren't typically yeah. like mountain range westerns, right? They, they're mostly like you know. Dusty saloon town westerns and uh, you know desert desert uh, mountain range. Westerns, if you watch right? like not- uh, like North to Alaska, which is a John Wayne movie, that one has I think that one's about the gold rush, but it does get out of like the dustiness of the saloons and more into like mountain territory. And there's some some definitely some similarities there. But yeah, I think but that's like i'm just gonna like riff on how great red dead redemption is but there are there's aspects like there's both of those things you know in the game great game i can see that sean for sure i guess the one small thing with i don't think there's any buffalo is there is there a scene where he's hunting buffalo in this movie i don't think so i think he's hunting deer i don't just deer and elk i think think he was going to go get buffalo and then buffalo is kind of like the icon of the west right that's kind of like the icon of america i just read a book about buffalo Mm. written by steven ranella of meat eater <laughs> and uh it was just you know hey the, we're not like plugging buffalo, any other podcasts on this podcast that's well, a book but or a website but yes he does have a podcast um but yeah i feel like the buffalo is just kind of like such an iconic figure in american history and, and the making of the american west that it would have been nice to like get a couple buffalo in there and include that in the arc but that's like a really small tiny thing Okay. Well, you are right, Sean, too. After they finish building the cabin, he does set out to hunt buffalo. That's when Swan makes gotcha. him that bearskin jacket. But then the coyote attack right. happens, and he doesn't uh, make it out there. That's right. Yeah, he about kills like coyotes. three or four. I think those are wolves, right? Are they coyotes? Or? I think they're wolves. I think you're right. They look too big to be coyotes. Yeah. Mm. I think coyotes but yeah, that are was, mountains. That's right. Mm. No, I remember. There had. That's right. There was a buffalo... The buffalo were inferred. <laughs> inferred <laughs> buffalo. Classic move. It was always, a nod to the buffalo. I always got to infer your buffalo. <laughs> Did you have any notes, Noah? Any side thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm not trying to be sound smart or snooty or anything by this <laughs> comment. And to be honest with you, I didn't pay... No, go ahead, flex on the haters. I didn't pay too much attention in my high school English classes, but one thing that stuck was we read a short story called To Build a Fire by Jack London. It was written in 1902, and it talks about this prospector in the Yukon who is trying to show off to all these people, and he sets out in 50 degree below zero weather, and he builds this fire underneath a big pine tree. And he's on the brink of death when this fire catches, and he finally warms up and starts eating, and then a gust of wind blows and Mm. knocks a bunch of snow off of a branch, and it puts out his fire, and he ultimately dies. (laughs) So my kind of ever unanswerable question is when that scene happens in jeremiah johnson it's probably around the 15th or 20th minute yeah <laughs> that seems like a direct rip off of the jack london novel i mean i don't know how copyright <laughs> was, was it, set up back was in that day but or a tribute it could have been either or but i researched it on wikipedia which is obviously the most reputable source and i didn't see any references <laughs> to jeremiah johnson so i may have to file a lawsuit in the next coming days <laughs> 
<laughs> against the Robert Redford estate. Call up the estate of Jack London and uh, <laughs> file a lawsuit against the estate of Robert Redford. Hey, I found a way to get you guys some money. But it's not a complaint. I mean, I, I kind of I, I like the nod, and it's uh, it's almost a humorous yet. I can commiserate with Johnson and seeing how a fire is such a morale lifter, and then that was a that was an homage they added just for you, Noah. They knew someday along the line someone would that, pick up on that, finally get that uh, that reference. You'll probably call Robert Redford and be like, "You understood? You finally got it." Someone. <laughs> but that was my only note. Okay, my uh, I had one thought, one miscellaneous miscellaneous ask question. I guess it was just a note. I don't know. Is The okay. Revenant the the remake of Jeremiah Johnson? Uh, could be. I hope not. It's the modern. It's the pre, it's the sequel. Retelling. Is it the, the sequel to Jeremiah Johnson? The sequel. Yeah, I guess it's hard for me because I haven't. I saw The Revenant before this, so for me, you know, obviously this came out before yeah. The Revenant, but um, I think he definitely took some ideas from Jeremiah Johnson yeah. and displayed in that movie. Well, I think, you know, the reverence based off of Hugh Glass, mm-hmm. who was yep. a Correct. trapper, mountain man, who was kind of like, wasn't he with Jim Bridger? Like, Jim yes. Bridger is in that movie. Yep. And I yeah, think, in Canada. Like, Jeremiah Johnson is rough. Like, he's all based off of the guy, Liberator Johnson, but it's kind of, he's more of like a icon for the mountain man. Gotcha. Of which Jim Bridger is like, one of the heroes, right? I guess mm-hmm. I was thinking more in the lines of like, that's what Jer like if a Jer- someone didn't remake Jeremiah Johnson, that's oh, probably gotcha. what it would look gotcha. like, you know, The Revenant, which is sick. It was it was really like yeah. maybe they should remake Jeremiah Johnson because I was a big fan of The Revenant, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I th- I think it really was a direct nod, and I think if Jeremiah Johnson was made today, it would pretty much be a one for one edition yeah. of The Revenant, pretty similar. Which on its first watch was good, but I feel like The Revenant really didn't age well. Ooh. I walked out of the theater thinking it was awesome, and then I saw yeah. it about two years later, and I was just like, compared to the book, I mean, if, you, if you've read the book, the movie is... We're looking at having a guest in 2021 sometime who is one who is very eager to talk about The Revenant as one of his favorites, and we might have to have you on as for a little bit of a debate there. Okay. Bring um, you in. Anytime. My only other point is how great the American frontier is, where you could just like walk up and onto any land and be like, this is a good spot to live. And then you live there. You own that land. That's your land. A little wind. Yes. I'm going to live yeah, here. Yeah. Yes. There's a mountain and a creek and there's not a lot of wind. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> but what about like, it made me think about like the way the government was like, yeah, you could go out. We'll give you 500 acres if you go out there. <laughs> out west and there are like the white guys in the on the East Coast are like, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Sure. They go out there and there's like... Everything's trying to kill them. They can't find anything to eat. Yeah. Different times, Classic. man. Different times. Different times. One final segment, or two two more segments, quick segments. Dork of the Week. The Dork of the Week this week is that dude in the glasses on the horse. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. With the sniffles? Yeah. 
That guy's mega oh dork. What a loser. <laughs> or that hat that that one guy's wearing. Yeah. Not the glasses guy, but the other guy. Maybe that, the like, dorks of the week. This guy's a big time who dork. Who are those Clown people? Show. Like, I don't understand that whole scene. They just come upon his cabin and they just say, you know, you basically have to come with us. I think they're supposed to be to from the government? Some, yeah, they're members of the U.S. Army, but they're sent on behalf of the Mormons that are trapped. Their, their wagon trail broke down due right. to the weather. Yeah. So... Anyway, that guy's. I guess I just thought that was a little improbable that people just kind of get saved all the time by the government um, out in the West. Like who 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 found out that these people were stuck in the in this in this ditch or something? That's a good point. Maybe they had a homing pigeon. Yeah. How did the word get out? <laughs> Maybe they sent. Yeah. One how did the guy, word get out? They sent one guy back with a letter. Yeah. I just thought. I guess I just thought it was more brutal. Like you weren't you weren't really able to call in like uh, a rescue crew to come save you. I thought it was more just all right. Well, you die now. At the walk, <laughs> either you either live there or you die. Yeah, as much so. a dorks those guys were, I felt like it was a really good turning point in the movie. Like I can be in that position. Yeah, yeah it's none of your business, but my better nature is like, yeah, I should probably go help these people. Oh, definitely. I mean, you you need you need the dorks in the movie to sometimes make the movie roll along, definitely. But mm-hmm. that guy was the dork, dork <laughs> for sure. Final segment: Is this a top twenty movie? Noah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm ashamed to admit this, but I've only actually seen this movie probably three or four times. Really? So I'm not much farther <laughs> than you guys are. But it's yeah. really uh, it's been in like the last probably six months that okay. i've seen it three times consecutively so where are we at in the top 20 are we talking top three top five top 10 i would put it in the top 10 and my, i feel like my top 10 is no apparent order it just is based on my mood okay yeah i end up watching caddyshack almost every night so <laughs> but i wouldn't consider that in my top 20 <laughs> movies no i would uh it's I tough think, i think it was on rudy's <laughs> it's on mine rudy i guess do I even have to ask you? No, yeah, sir. we already went over no, it. it. Yeah, top 20. Where's it it's, at? Uh, uh, it's in my tier four, but I'd probably move it up. You know, on the rewatch, I'd probably move it into yeah. at least three, if not tier two. Wow. That's how it goes. It That's how it goes with the rewatches. I always want to mm. move things up yeah. when I rewatch them. Sean, yeah. did, it, did it get in there? I would say no. Yeah. I don't think it knocked <sighs> anything off. Yeah. I think the same for me. Same for me. It's very good. It might be top fifty, yeah. but I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Well, top, it doesn't even crack top fifty top for you. It probably is. I don't mm. know. I, I haven't done a top. I haven't gone through my top fifty to figure it out yet. That's a little, a little bit more of an mm. ask. So, well, I think it's time to wrap up the program. Noah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining thanks, us. Thanks, Noah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I had, a, I had a blast. I was looking forward to this for the past three weeks you brought, so. the, brought the heat brought the content blast. i hope uh you guys appreciate it just as much as i did so for, oh definitely for the first time uh, dipping your toe in the content game you wouldn't wouldn't know it you're a natural i think you're born for this life i was gonna say i may have to uh start developing my own content <laughs> there you go start your own podcast yeah. <laughs> you were <a> natural <laughs> the coonskin cap chronicles with noah mm. i'll make sure to have you guys on every week as yeah, we give you recurring guests <laughs> give you some royalties um 
next week on the podcast. We'll be uh, kicking off what we're going to plan on being a little bit of a series, a recurring monthly series. we got a guest lined up who's going to be joining us. But uh, before we announce who that is, we'll just announce the movie and we'll just keep the guest a surprise. We're going to be talking about Mission Impossible 1, the first Mission Impossible. Um, so watch that. Watch that this week. And... Uh, Tune in to next week's episode. Um, if you want, you can write us a letter into the Pony Express, looseconceptpod at gmail.com. We didn't get anything in there this week, but uh, if you write us something, we'll read it on air and respond to it and talk about it. Um, so do that, looseconceptpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, at looseconceptpod. If you want a shirt, you can buy a shirt, uh, bonfire.com slash looseconcept2, the number two. And uh, remember to always keep it loose. Keep it loose. And keep it conceptual. I drink your milkshake. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Sack of wine. No, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I am an FBI agent. I don't like Sam. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere, everywhere, everywhere.